0: People will delight in the law of God and live by it, or be ruled by the law of men. Which will it be? That's what our program is about today. Stay with us. I know
1: the Lord will find a way for me. In all the hurry and hustle and confusion of modern living, the Lord has a way.
0: We believe the Bible is a revelation of His way. We invite you to join us for In Search of the Lord's Way with Mac Lyon. Greetings to you, my friend, and welcome to our program of Bible study, In Search of the Lord's Way. We're presented on this station by Churches of Christ in the area. Members of those churches would like very much to have you attend one of their Bible study classes and their worship assemblies sometime very soon, if possible, We'd like that too, and I hope you will accept our invitation. If you need assistance in locating one of them, let us help. I'll give you our address and telephone number in a minute or so, so you may want to be getting a pencil and paper now. Oh yes, we're closed captioned, and you may want to visit our website, searchtv.org. The Old Testament Book of Psalms is a devotional book. I mean, of course, it consists of poems. Some of which, like the New Testament book of Hebrews, we don't know the author for. Saying they're devotional doesn't mean now that um, they have no teaching value. Just like the poetry and music of our nation reveals something, not only of our history, but also of the people of generations past who helped to build America. So the Psalms reveal a lot about God's workings in Israel. And just as most of the hymns and spiritual songs that we sing in our church assemblies are devotional, they also teach and admonish the worshipers, or at least they should, according to Ephesians 5.19. And saying the authors are unknown doesn't mean they're not inspired of God. Most Bible students have their favorite psalm. And when I mention favorite psalm, your mind may have jumped immediately to that 23rd psalm sometime called the shepherd psalm the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want that one you know I suspect if a poll were taken probably that'd be the favorite psalm of the most of the people but the first psalm is one of my favorites and it'll serve as the basis for our study today titled delight in the law of the Lord if you think you might want a free audio cassette tape or printed copy of it, please address your request to In Search of the Lord's Way, Post Office Box 371, Edmond, Oklahoma, 73083. Our email address is searchtv@aol.com, and our toll-free telephone number for your use is 1-800-321-8633. Ken Halbrand is going to lead us now as we sing, and then I'll be back to read the first psalm. And... Um, I'll be reading from the King James Version this time because I love the old English reading in that Psalm. Reading from the first Psalm Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not sown but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And now let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your word that influences our lives so greatly today. We're so thankful for The preservation of it, the revelation of it, and the inspiration of it, and the the living aspect of it is so appropriate today as it was when David wrote that psalm. And we thank you, our Father, that we have it to guide us and encourage us and inspire us even today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The intent of the first psalm is to describe and to herald the blessedness of the righteous life. It easily divides itself into two nearly equal parts verses 1 to 3 and verses 4 to 6. The first extols the advantages of living righteously, and the latter section describes and teaches the conditions of unrighteousness. Scripture often does that. It enhances the brightness of good by uh, projecting it against the blackness of the evil life. A good New Testament example of that is Galatians chapter five verses sixteen through twenty-six. The fruit of the spirit against the works of the flesh. Walk in the spirit, it says, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the other, so that you do not would not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and uh, the like, of which I tell you, Beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things shall not enter the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control, against such there is no law. Let me illustrate illustrate it this way. If I had a blackboard here behind me and uh, if I should take a piece of white chalk and make a dot in as near the middle of it as I could without measuring, and I ask you, what do you see? I'm sure you'd say, I see a white dot. The same is true here. Virtue shines brightest against a dark backdrop of sin and evil. And God does that in this first psalm blessed is the man he says now contrary to what we're accustomed to hearing this is not a description of the happy man but the righteous man the idea is literally blessings on the man blessings on the man who first does not walk meaning one who does not live his life by the counsel or the rules of conduct set by the ungodly world around him. Meaning just what it says. People who leave God out. Ungodly people are people who leave God out of life. They have no room for God in their pleasure-seeking, profit-making, power-hungry lives. Secondly, nor does he stand in the way of sinners. Meaning, neither does the righteous man bind himself closely to, or take his stand with sinners. And then thirdly, neither does he sit in the seat of the scornful. Meaning simply, he does not sit at the banquet table of sinful pleasures or profit where God is openly despised. Blessings on that man. Why say so? Now that's verse 1, and it's God's Word. My message today is from verse 2. It says, But his delight, the delight of the righteous man, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Now, men will be governed by the law of God, or they'll be governed by the laws of men. I heard a little story recently that illustrates that very well. It seems someone had posted a paper on which were written the Ten Commandments in the hallway of the school right near the boys' lockers. And when the principal saw it, he quickly removed it from the wall and threw it in the trash. Within the week, complaints of thievery from the boys' lockers became so bad that someone suggested he place a notice where the other one had been, saying, You shall not steal, signed by the principal. In our society's reckless pursuit of personal freedom from God's law, we have blindly enslaved ourselves to the laws of men. True true freedom is not the liberty to go off limits, it's the liberty to choose to do some things that are right. Some people who want to be free from God's law and to do as they please, demand or require more man-made laws to protect them from physical abuse of others. True personal freedoms are accompanied by personal responsibilities. And without the responsibilities, men cannot be free. Probably more Americans today can define their freedoms more easily than they can define their responsibility. The widespread rejection of the law of God, the Word of God, subjects the family of man to the enslaving rule of oppressive despots and none are so blind as those who will not see It, as William A. Donahue says in his book the New Freedom page 226 only morally responsible individuals are capable of exercising liberty morally irresponsible individuals exercise license so The blessed man of the first psalm is the person who delights in the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is the Word of God, the Bible. The message must be clear enough. The person who is truly blessed delights the law of God, which says in Proverbs 4, verse 14, 17, Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it, turn away from it, and pass on. And verse 9 of the little short book of Second John says, Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. And again in Proverbs 14, verse 34, the scripture says, Righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a reproach to any people. I'm a firm believer in the First Amendment to the US Constitution. Just as much a believer in it as anyone is or ever has been. But to forbid a person to serve in government because of his or her faith in God is an open invitation to national disaster my friend. And really, such action is a violation of the First Amendment. So, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord, the Bible, the living Word of God, as we began. That doesn't mean he's the happy man. He's the blessed man. And why wouldn't anyone find so much delight in reading and studying and learning and doing what the Bible says day and night? Well, maybe, just maybe, he believes it to be the Word of God. I don't mean the Word of a God, but the Word of the one and only almighty, self-existent, infinitely wise, and all-knowing, sovereign creator of the whole universe and the Father of our spirits. Suppose you had a, a very dear, lifelong, personal friend hand you a book and say, here's a copy of my new book. I've just finished it. I've mentioned you in it. I've autographed it and I want you to have a copy of it. Do you suppose you'd ever get around to reading it? Why, you know you would, probably before nightfall. Suppose you'd read it ever again and again and again and do you think it would be delightful reading? Yes. And I suspect you'd be just like the righteous man who believes the law of the Lord, the Bible, is really and truly the word of God our Father in heaven oh but if someone says it's only ignorant and unlearned uneducated people that believe in God and the Bible as it's his inerrant word you think so huh a few days ago a viewer a friend of mine in Dallas Texas sent me an article which he clipped from the Dallas Morning News that I I think may be of interest to you. Believer or unbeliever, whoever you are, the article is written by Roy Abraham Varhees, and uh, uh, he begins by saying something like this. Last week, the Associated Press broke the news that the most famous atheist in the academic world over the last half century, Professor Anthony Flew of England's University of Reading, now accepts the existence of God. Then he quotes the famous professor as saying, What I think the DNA material has done is show that intelligence must have been involved in getting these extraordinarily diverse elements together. The enormous complexity by which the results were achieved looked to me like the work of intelligence. Well. There's lots more to the article as you can see, but that—that's the thrust of it. I'm not saying Doctor Flew has uh, embraced Christianity. No, he's simply been converted from atheism to a belief in a supernatural power, the necessity of a creator of the heavens and the earth, and that's just what the first psalm say, the first verse of the Bible says. And uh, and just as overpowering as the evidence for an intelligent Creator are the proofs for the inspiration of the Scriptures by the Holy Spirit of God. The very first sentence of uh, God's Word says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1. And look at that 33rd Psalm again. The Word of the Lord is right and all his work is done in truth. He, meaning God, God loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. That's verses 4 through 9. Oh yes, the Word of God is a living and powerful Word, Hebrews 4 and 12. Is there any wonder that the righteous man delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night? It was written by someone he really loves. What a powerful and piercing word it is. So, my friend, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law that they meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper yes blessings on that man for sure God says that man is like a tree but not just as any tree he isn't like a tree that just springs up spontaneously somewhere without planning or purpose. It's like a tree that's been planted in a chosen place by the river of rivers of plenty of water and is cultivated with the greatest care. He's like a tree that produces an abundance of fruit in its season. Meaning Its fruit doesn't ripen early out of season and wither on the limb. He's like a tree of great beauty whose leaf isn't withered by drought or sun. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That isn't to be interpreted to mean now that he'd be rich in this world's goods. It does mean life will be good for him. The principles that govern his behavior which he gets from the law of the Lord are the best rules are laws that man has ever known for his total well-being. Yes. Oh, yes. Blessings on that man. Let's pray. Now, Father, we give you our thanks and our praise today for the teachings of this wonderful psalm and the encouragement and the inducement we have from it to be a constant, meditative reader of it. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We've talked about the man who joyously lives by the Lord's rules, her laws, delights in it, and is blessed by it. That was my purpose for this message. But we haven't said anything about the other fellow in that psalm. And just for contrast, let's do that just a moment. The Scripture says the ungodly are not so, meaning they do walk in the counsel of the ungodly. They do stand in the paths of sinners. They do sit in the seat of the scornful, and they do not delight in the law of the Lord. They do not meditate in it day and night. Consequently, they are not blessed like the description of the godly man as a tree planted by the rivers of water. They're driven to and fro by every wind like the chaff from the grain of the ancient method of winnowing. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The idea is that the ungodly sinner will not be found among the acquitted by the great judge of the universe on judgment day. The final word is, the Lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish. It's the choice we make in this life whether we choose to live by the Lord's way to salvation or the ways of men to the ultimate state of lostness. You make that choice for yourself and I must make it for me as the Son of God Jesus Christ gave us the best way to live that we've ever known plus salvation now and for eternity I hope you choose the Lord's way and hope you do it now surely you believe or you wouldn't still be with me on this study so why not make today the day of your salvation by changing the direction of your life immediately by repentance as the Bible teaches us to do so In Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31, God commandeth all men everywhere to repent, for he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Then change your relationship with God by being baptized into Jesus Christ. From out of Christ to into Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 27. Do it today, will you? And let us hear from you this week that you did it if you'd like a printed copy of this message simply address your request for it to in search of the lord's way post office box 371 edmond oklahoma 73083 since it's free and you won't need to send be sending money you may want to order it by the internet our internet address is search tv at aol.com and our toll free telephone number is 1-800-321-8633 We're presented here by pardon me, by friends of yours who are members of Churches of Christ and also we're sponsored by those Churches of Christ in the broadcast area of this station. Uh, And that's how we do it without harassing you for money every week. These people would like so much to have you pay them a visit and as soon as possible we'd like that too. And I hope you'll want to do that I hope you'll want to do it right away if you need our help in locating a church near you let us know if you'd like someone to come by your house visit with you a few minutes before you go get a bit acquainted with some of them then let us know we'll ask somebody to come by and we'll be in touch otherwise we're not going to say anything to anybody about your call if you want some of the information well I hope you'll be back next week join us again, will you? God bless you now. We love you.